Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith. Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight. I'm David Smith, Executive Director of Illinois Family Action and Illinois Family Institute. My partner in crime, Monty Larrick, is on another assignment this morning, and I get to record this podcast with our lobbyist, none other than David Curtin from Springfield, Illinois. Uh, David, why don't you introduce yourself real quick to our audience to let them know your background and your experience uh, and your faith. Well, thank you. My name is David Curtin. I live here in Springfield. I've lived here all my life, and uh, I'm just about 10 minutes from the Capitol Dome, and there's a lot of darkness there. Oh. Uh, I have worked under the Capitol Dome for about 30 years, both at the uh, state level and, uh, well, at the federal level, too, but uh, the state level is really where I, I spent most of my time. And working uh, with lobbyists, legislators, and other special interests on a host of things. So I know the nuts and bolts of the um, machinery of government, but also the, I'm, I, I know the power of prayer and the power of God to work through people. Um, and so that's why we're here, is because um, obviously we still live in a democracy. We still live in a republic, I should say. We have the uh, obligation as Christian citizens to, um, God doesn't ask us to, to succeed. He asks us to get involved and make things uh, better. And that's what we're doing. Amen. You know, Dr. Lutzer often reminds me um, from Moody Church uh, that whenever he sees me, he says, Dave, just remember, we're not called to victory. We're called to faithfulness. Yes. And, um, and so being faithful in, in upholding what's right, true, and good, even in a Babylonian culture, uh, it may be difficult, but God, God's kind of the expert on overcoming difficult. David, I would, um, I would take that one point further. And since you mentioned that, your your activity does not go unnoticed. Behind the scenes, I can tell you that a lot of lawmakers respect that. When they get in front of the cameras, they'll say, "Oh, we hardly had any opposition." No, they had a lot of opposition, but they need more. And we're trying to get people to um, realize that their voices are powerful. Even one voice is very powerful that wasn't there before. Um, God notices. They take notice. And then God can work. Amen. But if God wants to see us work, he's given us the free will in order to do this. It's been said before that we are God's hands and feet, right? And yeah. so he wants to work through us. He's not right. going to just flip a switch and say, all right, I'm changing this guy's mind. We know God can work that way because he's done it before. So we can get the light switch. But what God cannot do is go against our free will. And so that's what he's asking us to do is to work through us to um, make this a Christian country again. That's right. Well, listen, we are uh, just a few days or a day away. We're recording this podcast. It's going to be uh, aired on uh, just the day before January 11th. It's when it's going to go live. And January 11th starts a new session 
of the General Assembly 103. The 103rd General Assembly is going to be starting, and uh, we're anticipating all kinds of bad stuff coming down. The Democrats have increased their super, super, super majority, uh, and so they can steamroll us on any of their agenda items. Uh, but and this is why I want to talk to David and why it's so important to have a man of faith down in Springfield talking to these guys. You know, first of all, we want to keep the Republicans honest and not have them kind of get co-opted and sucked into the the uh, the, the evil thinking or the destructive thinking of uh, the left. We want to keep them on the straight and narrow, but we also want to be witnesses to the Democrats uh, who a lot of times are cheerleading this stuff. Um, but you know why? Because you know what? Their conscience is on our side. They know in their heart. The truth is written in their heart. That's what Romans tells us. Romans says it is written on the heart. And so what we're doing is trying to work with that and their conscience to change their minds. And it's very difficult because sometimes their heart is seared. Their minds are seared by the um, the sin and the wickedness and the, the thought price, the evil thoughts uh, that seem to dominate. Uh, and so, um, but as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, that silence in the face of evil is evil. Um, we will We will be held accountable if we're silent. And so we cannot remain silent in the face of wickedness, especially in a country uh, where God has given us this amazing tool of self-government, this amazing gift of self-government. And we have political tools at our disposal to be able to pick up the phone and call our state lawmakers, to be able to go visit their office or their town hall meetings or what have you, to cast ballots for godly people and to try to unseat ungodly people. So we have all these resources available and we cannot sit on the sidelines. With all that said, <laughs> a, a little bit of a monologue there, I wanted to ask David what he sees as uh, the, the main agenda items maybe going to be pushed in the next session and what are our challenges and what we can do as citizens. The challenges we have for this next session are continuation of this uh, current session. Uh, what the Democrats want to do is pass a bad stuff right now and use those as stepping stones for even worse stuff in the future. So if you think we're getting bad stuff now, it's they want to do more. Abortion, they've done almost all they can do on abortion, but they're, they're going to be looking at a constitutional amendment on abortion. That'll be their top priority for this session and to enshrine it in the Constitution. So if another legislature comes in uh, that's uh, pro-life, then they cannot change the law because it's in the Constitution. That's their first priority on abortion. First priority on uh, transgender, they, they really are moving the football down the field on transgender as fast as they can. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pushback uh, that people don't know about. So your, your, um, your efforts to uh, speak out against transgender children who make decisions by themselves to have surgeries by themselves without their parents knowing that legislation is coming. 
Um, you know, you know, just on that real quick, there are gay and lesbian conservatives, so-called conservatives, who are being very outspoken on this and saying, look, this is a bridge too far. Um, it, of course, we don't agree with the gay-lesbian uh, agenda either, but it's interesting to see that there is division within the LGBTQ, quote-unquote, uh, community. Um, so it's it's they're working and pushing very hard to try to normalize this and we need to stop it and speak truth um and uphold truth so. yes and um they're definitely trying to normalize it uh and the way you normalize it is through uh, these legislative measures you know um, um getting these legislative measures through but another way you normalize it is by actually having kids make these decisions without their parents knowledge and that's the direction they're going because they know they can't they can't convince the parents, but they're trying to get to the kids and they're not there yet. They're getting there. And so that's why we need to uh, this session will be, um, you know, particularly uh, important to on the transgender issue because they're really trying to just get to the kids and cut the parents out. That, that's right. Um, do you see any other attacks on parental rights? Um, well, certainly they've got um, um, education and um, and the transgender uh, issues are kind of interlocked. Uh, they're using uh, the education system to uh, push their transgender. The parental rights uh, mainly um, is uh, in education and, and transgender and abortion. Um, that's that's where you're losing your. You, you know your kids uh they'll do the the socialist training in the in the in the schools they'll do the you know the whole um justice warrior type stuff the social engineering yeah 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 the social engineering the good is bad bad is good yeah. um what your parents say is bad and and so they can do that in the schools but the, today and 2023 it's uh very important for two things to happen one is to get your kids out of public schools. Yes. The second is the those who are remaining in public schools, which will be a lot of kids, will be tomorrow's leaders as well. The second thing is to make sure you you hound your legislators um, as best you can and let God God take the rest. Yeah, the worst thing in the world is for them not to hear any dissent. If they hear nothing from us on our side, they're going to think, oh, everybody agrees, and we can't do that. Um, listen, I want to encourage our listeners to sign up for our emails at illinoisfamily.org. We will be putting out e-alerts to let you know what bills are pending, and it's a very turnkey system where you can click one button and contact both your state lawmakers and Governor Pritzker. So please, illinoisfamily.org, sign up for our emails. We will alert you to these things. Also, I want to let you know about our Worldview Conference, which is coming up March 18th in Barrington, where we're going to have Scott Klusendorf, who is an amazing, well-known pro-life apologetic. And then we have Dr. John Diggs, who will be talking about the consequences mentally and physically of abortion. And then, of course, we've got our friend Scott Phelps, who will be talking about abstinence until marriage. That is the way to go to avoid crisis pregnancies in the future. 
So we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk about a few more items uh, uh, that we should expect. Our lawmakers tend to surprise us with things that we don't expect. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with a point. No statement about religious liberty has generated more controversy than when Thomas Jefferson, in a letter to the Danbury Baptist, prescribed a wall of separation between church and state. And the key question is what the wall was meant to keep out. Many assume Jefferson wanted to keep religion out of politics, but a new video from the First Liberty Institute explains the letter's context. Feeling pressure that Connecticut had established the Congregationalist Church, the Danbury Baptist and Jefferson wished to keep the government out of religion. Although not a Christian in any orthodox sense, Jefferson did not want religion abolished from public life. Just two days after writing the Danbury letter, for example, he held church services in the House of Representatives. This, as a recent Library of Congress exhibit makes clear, was a deliberate way of supporting religion as an act of Republican government. And of course, Jefferson argued that nature and nature's God endows people with inalienable rights. That includes the right to religious expression. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Welcome back to Illinois Family Spotlight. I'm here with David Curtin, our lobbyist in Springfield, and he has oh, a tough job working in, well, as some would call it, the swamp of Springfield and uh, dealing with a lot of, of Democrats who do not share our values or our, our concerns. And so, um, hey, listen, would you keep David Curtin in your prayers as he is down there doing battle? It is a spiritual battle primarily, and uh, to give him cover with your prayers, oh my goodness, would be greatly appreciated. Um, there's some other bills that I just want to throw out at your ideas that may be coming up and get your take on them, David. Um, number one would be assisted suicide. In other words, death with dignity is how they would phrase it, the left, because it sounds so much nice and compassion. But this would be allowing people to kill themselves um, for specific reasons or no reasons. What do you think, David? Yeah, that's a, a high priority for the left is to pass a physician-assisted suicide this year. They want to take the Oregon law and just become um, Oregon, basically. Mm. Uh, the doctor will, uh, and the doctor who's supposed to keep you alive will. Uh, will be able to kill you at your request and um so much and that, for first do no harm right yeah uh currently um you know it's for a terminal illness illness um there's some question as to whether uh, there's going to be you know how that's going to be proven or something like that but the um uh but that's the, that's what they want to do they appeal to the emotional heartstrings and say this is you know uh, someone's going to die anyway, let them die without suffering any more pain. Um, they don't talk about God, however. Uh, God is the giver of life, and God is the taker of life. And so <clears throat> uh, that's why we need people to pray, and also people to remind their lawmakers that God is the one who is above us, not, not, uh, we're not playing God. Amen. You know, David, they don't take into account the fact that God is working in our lives, even during that um, time of suffering. 
Um, it may not be just working in our lives as we are going through suffering, but our families' hearts and minds and, and those who love us and are concerned about us. You know, I had a um, a friend who who died of bone cancer, and I had a sister who died of cervical cancer. The guy with bone cancer did suffer a long time. And, uh, you know, but I think it helped him with... Um, passing on his faith to his kids. Um, and, and, and you don't know what else it did in his own heart. Um, it, but it, he was a testimony and um, a star war. I, I just, I can't say enough about it. Um, you know, and then my sister, she, it took three weeks. And so we wanted every, every minute with her as we could. Um, and so uh, those who were pursuing physician. Uh, those who are pursuing physician-assisted suicide uh, are really being quite selfish about um, about life and others. That's a great point. As we go into this next session, um, we know that public school enrollment is dropping statewide. Statewide. People are leaving the state, number one. People are leaving the schools for other options. And believe it or not, Illinois has the best, most free educational choices uh, than uh, than many other states. There are few regulations restricting education choice. And so I wanted to ask you, David, do you think the Democrats with their friends in, um, in the teachers unions uh, are going to come after and try to tighten down uh, those educational choices, especially like homeschooling? Yes, that's in their crosshairs because they're, like you said, there's so many people leaving the public school system, not enough in my opinion, but uh, they, they still have a lot of money and a lot of control, they being the public school system. Um, and so it, um, they're looking at that, um, uh, but they haven't done anything yet. Um, we are so blessed in Illinois to be in a, in a state that um, has few regulations, uh, almost no regulations for homeschooling right. and regulations for private schools. And so um, before we just, uh, people worked very hard over the last 20 years to make that possible. That's right. That's right. Yes, it could change. Um, I'm expecting it, they will try to start the ball rolling on that this session. Um, they can't get it done all this session, but it means that parents need to take note that this is a direction they are going. That's right. You know, the last time somebody tried to introduce a bill to regulate homeschooling, which was a, a bill simply uh, to make us register with our regional office of education, just register our kids. And uh, I remember 5,000 concerned homeschoolers descending on Springfield uh, in an effort to change the mind of the sponsor, Ed Maloney, Senator Ed Maloney from Evergreen Park. Um, and uh, he eventually not only tabled his bill, but he withdrew it. Um, and so uh, 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 under the pressure. And so um, don't be surprised if we, we do that again because of, a, they, of a, another bill uh, for regulating homeschoolers. Yeah. Now, how about... Okay, the fact that they legalized marijuana in the state of Illinois, um, but they so-called put all these 
safety measures in place so that Illinois can be one of the safest places to get high and to sell drugs and to uh, uh, promote drug usage, which is, uh, David, it just bothers me to no end because in the 80s, as you may remember, the campaign from our federal government was just say no, okay? And that was what, Nancy Reagan, who kind of turned that originally, just say no. And then you had radio or television ads with the egg in the frying pan, right? This is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. And um, the, the, the government was out there promoting the fact that this is dangerous activity. And so the perception of risk was high and the use was low. Today, not only do we have medical marijuana, but now we have recreational marijuana. And the government is saying, oh, it's good. It's good for recreation. It's good to relax. It's good for tax revenue. Um, go ahead and use it. So now the perception of risk is low and the use is high. And we see um, even traffic fatalities on the rise all over the country, um, but less traffic on the road. Wait, what? Less traffic, higher fatalities. Well, could it have anything to do that our people are driving intoxicated? Could be alcohol, could be marijuana. And the marijuana is high potency. It's not the Cheech and Chong marijuana of the 80s, which was maybe 3% THC. Today, it's 25% or more THC. So it's, it's really potent stuff. I'm going to guess that they're going to rescind some of those safety measures um, to, to loosen things up because they really enjoy getting this marijuana revenue. Um, for example, marijuana deliveries, just like Grubhub. You, you can call the local weed store and say, hey, I need whatever, uh, an ounce, two ounces of marijuana of your finest, whatever. Um, what do you think? Are, what, other, what other things can they do to, to uh, keep the public stoned and um, complacent? Yeah, it's really, it's, it's just so heartbreaking uh, that our actual government uh, leaders, and this comes from the governor, that he'd love to have um, marijuana come to the door uh, like a pizza. And <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy, but they love, they're addicted to the, re the revenue coming in and they want to use all this revenue for their dark causes. And they don't want to shut that tap off because they uh, uh, they just want they need it to grow. They're they're depending on it. But the uh, dichotomy, of course, is what you just mentioned. Um, our uh, traffic fatalities are going up. Uh, worker uh, businesses cannot hire workers that are pass a drug test. Um, it's it's becoming uh, the business community is probably the loudest right now, in because they say we're we're not able to attract someone uh you know five people come in my office five people can't pass a drug test hey, david you're so right i have a friend um who's a uh a ministry leader on the west side of chicago and she wanted to hire um some some security people for the for where what she's doing uh, she's an ex-gay and she wanted to make sure people knew that and and so she's kind of a target and uh so she wanted to hire some security she said dave Nobody's passing the drug test, right? It, 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 so you've got guys who uh, who have trucks. They need people to be driven, right? CDL license holders. 
you got to pass the drug test, right? The the train yards are hiring all the time. Um, And they pay very, very well. But you got to pass a a drug test. Yeah, I think that's the the secret behind this this worker shortage is that, and the media will never cover it, but um, the uh, that's the secret behind this worker shortage um, that is going on here in Illinois, uh, because uh, it's it, you just it's becoming a very big problem. Forget, I mean, we've got all the family problems associated with it. Right. Well, <laughs> really. right. But are these people also then, if they can't work and they're being they're they're just stoned all the time? Are they um? Are they also on government assistance programs, welfare, entitlement programs to help them get through? They are. And yeah. they're, all, um, I mean, they're anything but uh, productive citizens who are uh, out there uh, making this a more stable environment. So so yet another Democrat policy that, um, that fosters the nanny state, big government as the solution. Uh, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. Uh, have some more marijuana, high potency marijuana. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh. Well, listen, um, just uh, what do you think also of drug decriminalization? Uh, is this kind of the first step? We have Colorado um, that just recently legalized psychedelic mushrooms. And so uh, we've got, we've got, the slippery slope and people always, oh, come on, Dave, what are you talking about? Slippery slope. All right. So so we legalize marijuana. Oh, no big deal. Now we're talking about psychedelic mushrooms. What are we talking about here? Yeah, they always they always say, well, just give us this and then that'll be it. It's never it. It's it's the gateway to other things that they want to do. It's a lot of money and a lot of people who want that to happen. All they care about is uh, the money, and they care about their uh, liberal agenda to try to break down families. No, so no. it's not—it's not—it's um, not—it's not going away. That's right. It seems like all they—they're doing is creating more addicts. They don't care about the flourishing of the of the culture, they or, or for families, but rather make more ad- addicts and more dependence upon government, which is really. Um, disturbing. That's not what God called us to. Uh, you know, Christ said, um, I set you free. I set you free. He, he In Christ, we find liberty. Um, and so, and then Paul would say, look, all things are legal for me, but not all are profitable for me. And so we have this free will to decide whether or not to get intoxicated or to get drunk or to gamble our money away or whatever it may be, or to engage in, in high-risk sexual activity. Um, we have those choices, but um, wisdom cries out, according to Proverbs, in the streets, don't do these things. Be smart, be wise, and and, and do good works. Ephesians um, 2.10 tells us that before we were even born, God created good works for us to walk in. So we need to find those good works. And I, I believe if we're walking with the Lord, if we're reading his word, praying diligently, going to church, we're going to walk right into those good works. We're going to find them because we're in God's will. And so that's what we need to do. But part of that, getting back to public policy, is is being active and good stewards of our freedom here in Illinois. 
And so pushing back, again, being that loud voice of dissent for our Springfield lawmakers, yeah, they have a super, super, super majority of Democrats. But we need to be in their ear telling them this is not good, this is not good, this is not good. We need to be on our knees praying that God have mercy on this state and changes the hearts and minds of these state lawmakers. Uh, and then we need to be teaching our children diligently um, the truths of these issues. They don't need to know just, you know, hey, marijuana is bad just because I said so. Give them the information. Teach them the, the truth about what it does to the, the brain, what it does to your motor skills, what it does to people who get addicted. All right. So, you know, that's just one example. You know, abortion is another. Why do we have abstinence until marriage, until uh, for in a monogamy thereafter? Well, there's reasons God is set up in his word and we can teach these truths to our children uh, and help them navigate a Babylonian culture that is saying the exact opposite, the exact opposite. True. And a little bit of salt and light goes a long way in this culture. People ask me all the time, well, aren't they all like that in Springfield? I said, no. If you remember, a third of the angels rebelled against God. Two-thirds did not. <laughs> so even the Democrats, there's, there's, there's a lot of bad apples. But there are some that are going along with it because they don't hear from us. And, so, and the Republicans certainly don't get enough support. So it's God will use us if we will step into the ring and just do our part. So I encourage everyone to do that. Amen. So we need to encourage the good guys. And again, don't don't um, don't paint with a wide brush. Some of the yeah. good guys might be Democrats and that yeah. we, can, we can get them pulled over to our side. So, yeah, great, great advice, David. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything else on your mind as we're going into this new session, the 103rd General Assembly? Well, just one point. We're kind of in a fishbowl here in Illinois, so all this stuff is swarming around us. But when you look in the eyes of the legislators in the committee hearings and who are voting on these things, and you look at the body language and you look at whatever, there are some that are shaking their heads. And we have a chance as Christians to resonate with those lawmakers who are shaking their heads, but still voting for this stuff anyway. And so it is not the numbers are there uh, and the media will continue to report the numbers but and they're in super majorities but don't think for a second that your your work or your effort doesn't make a difference because god is using that to try to to either get people uh, on the right track or to uh, stun the other people so <laughs> it, your work is very important that's right and you know the left likes to say you're on the wrong side of history um, those of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ want to be on the right side of heaven, <laughs> not not on history, but on heaven's side. And so, <laughs> and so um, the media is certainly not going to be a source of truth. Um, again, I would encourage people to sign up for our emails, illinoisfamily.org. Sign up for our emails. We will keep you informed on what's going on in Springfield. And sometimes we'll also inform you on what's going on in Washington, D.C., um, when there's some good bills, when there's some bad bills, we will keep you alerted on how you can be a good steward of your citizenship. So with that said, I want to sign off and I want to thank David in advance of a very tough year going into the lion's den, as it were, 
and uh, doing battle. We will keep you in prayer. In fact, let me say a quick prayer for you right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to lift up my brother David Curtin to you as he does battle in Springfield spiritually. Father, equip him. Help him to speak wisely and winsomely. Help him to convince lawmakers of the truth. Lord, fill him with your Holy Spirit and help him just to exude the light of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that your hand of protection would be over him as there are so many people who want to do harm to Christians these days as the, the level of violence is increasing. Father, protect him physically, spiritually, and mentally from the harms and the slings and arrows of the devil. Father, use him in mighty ways this General Assembly session. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Come quickly. Amen. Thank you, David. I'm you praying for everyone else here who is listening and uh, for the whole IFI staff. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That does it for this week's uh, edition of Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, God bless you. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.